This podcast contains discussions about mental health and may contain discussions about suicide and self-harm. If you or somebody that you know is experiencing distress or is in immediate danger, dial triple O or call Lifeline on 131114 or Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Also, if you believe that someone you love is experiencing a mental health issue, please encourage them to go and talk to their GP as soon as possible. Thanks very much for listening. Episode 44 of our big show, uh, the podcast, uh, the How You Going Mate podcast, I should say, Adam's my name, uh, creator, producer, and uh, podcast uh, host extraordinaire here here at How You Going Mate. Um, had this interesting discussion actually throughout the week with a friend of mine who's a, um, a bit of a marketing wizard, we were chatting about um, like titles, <laughs> what to call ourselves, um, sort of having this discussion around, you know, uh, the truth of how you go, mate. The podcast is uh, the podcast, and and how you go, mate. Social media initiative is simply just m- my wife and I, pretty much. And um, in terms of you know producing content, and uh, you know we were sort of talking about what to what to call ourselves. And I think uh, chief cook and bottle washer is probably the most appropriate term for myself. Uh, but no, yeah, it, it it is an, a really interesting. Um, Really interesting to think to think about. So, if you've got any suggestions for uh, what my uh, my title and, and Barb's title might be, please feel free to to let us know on the Facebook page. Direct messages would be more than happy to hear the titles, but um, please keep it clean. Please, please be nice. Um, but of course, um, a big thank you to everyone that's uh, continuing to support us and continuing to be a part of this um, fantastic podcast. Put a little bit of a call out throughout the week, uh, in and around, um, or in the last couple of weeks around, uh, people who might be interested to come on board and, and share their stories about uh, about their mental health, but more importantly about how they manage and and, and thrive, uh, manage their mental health and continue to thrive. Um, and so we've got lots and lots of cool people coming up over the next couple of months, and um, and very fortunate that we were able to kind of basically. Um, have enough people want to come on and tell their stories to last us up until uh, just before Christmas. So that's really cool. And um, I've got to make contact with a couple of people, but there's a couple of really ones I'm really excited about coming up as well. But uh, speaking about being excited about podcasts, um, it's been too long between drinks for my uh, guest on this podcast. Uh, our guest to uh, our guest today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this, is uh, our very good friend, Eliza. And Eliza was on, I think, episode number four of the podcast. And um, Eliza's Spice Girl story, if you haven't heard that, is one of my favourite stories of all time. Uh, but one of the um, one of the areas that we haven't touched on and we've been wanting to for a really long time was the idea of um, uh, postnatal or perinatal anxiety. And uh, it, as we always say, a lot of people think this is a, a men's health podcast, and, and we certainly do cover men's health areas. And we've had, obviously, a lot of men on the uh, on the show but we aren't exclusively a men's health podcast we are we we are trying to look at a whole broad range of mental health issues and um and talk to people about how they are supporting those mental health issues so um Eliza's doing has got this incredible initiative a Facebook a social media initiative where she's 
uh, connected with um, over a hundred mums in her local area, um, and and, and mums that are experiencing varying degrees of postnatal anxiety and depression, or perinatal anxiety and depression, and um, and really interesting. And I think one of the things that we forget is really important when it comes to mental health is the feeling of connection, is the feeling that you're not the only one experiencing this, the feeling that um, other people understand what you're going through because it, it, it really can be very isolating and it really can... Uh, a mental health condition can really make you feel like you're very alone in the world and that no one will understand you. And um, the idea of meeting other people that that have some of the same issues that you have and do some of the same things that you do and feel the, the same way that you feel about things um, can be a very liberating experience. And, of course... Um, really important to be able to talk to those people about what they're doing to manage their mental health and how they're managing um, their way through uh, the experiences that they have with their mental health. So um, I think this is a fantastic initiative. I think it's a, an incredible opportunity for, for people to connect. And I, and, I, and I honestly believe that connection is one of the most important ways that we will, we can support each other with our mental health and um, our mental health issues. Uh, so, before we get into this conversation with Eliza, um, who is, as I said, a fantastic supporter of our initiative and is one, always the first person to like our, our post and always the first person to come up with great suggestions for what we are doing, um, please um, let us know what you think about this conversation in the comments. If you could jump onto whatever your preferred listening platform is and give us a little review. Um, we had... <laughs> 1,200 listens to an episode the other week, and we still don't know why. Um, there were no reviews, there were no likes, there were no comments. There was nothing to indicate why we were that popular or what made that episode that popular. And if there's anything you'd love to hear us talk about, um, please uh, send us a suggestion. We'd be more than happy to kind of have those conversations with people. But in the meantime, let's have a chat to Eliza, and let's, as we always do, ask her the question. <laughs> Eliza, how are you going, mate? Well, I'm good. <laughs> Just, is it me or is it hot out here? Shake it off. <laughs> now, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had Nath on the podcast and I described him as a potential, if there's ever a whole, how you go, mate, Hall of Fame, he's in there. And I think you're one of that first group of people as well. Thank you. 100%, 100%. And it's been over a year ago, and for people that are listening, you would have um, her, actually, I think it's just about a year ago now. I think it's on a year, yeah. And you would have heard the previous podcast, which is my f- favourite story of all time, which is, and just to get people a bit of a picture here, we're sitting on a back deck in the beautiful Sydney spring sunshine, and uh, there's a bit of movement, a bit of wind, that's okay though, we don't mind a bit of noise, we're okay. Um, but my favourite story of all time, which is the Spice Girl story, if you haven't listened to the podcast, go back and have a listen to it. But the thing that we didn't know last podcast when we recorded was that you were pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. We so we sat I had there. No idea. Yeah, sat there through this whole thing and talked about it and no clue. And it was only maybe a month later, maybe not even a month mm-hmm. later that we. Yeah. Well, you found out. We found out. <laughs> yeah. It's not. My, I'm not pregnant with Adam. Though, pretty sure. It sounds like. Pretty sure it's not my kid. Hundred <laughs> percent certain. It of that, is, actually. however, his godson. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool. But um. But your this is it was the weirdest birth ever. I mean, not in terms yeah. of the actual birth, but just the experience, I guess, of being pregnant and going into twenty twenty and uh, COVID nineteen hitting. Yeah, sort of 
smack bang at that time, um, people going into lockdown and isolation and hospitals stopping people from having visitors and all those things just all started to happen. Yeah. Pretty much when I was trying to finish up work, mat leave. So my last month of work was taking my child, my oldest son, Boston, out of care. Yeah. Uh, teaching him from home and trying to work and trying to juggle everything. Then on top of that, my husband, Craig, who's also been on a podcast, listened to his yep. one too. It was yep. great. Yep. Um, he was looking at changing roles in the same industry, but a different job. Yeah. So that's during COVID as well. And then that's another level. And then we had my beautiful mother-in-law diagnosed with leukemia. She's now just hit remission. Thank goodness. That's mm. fantastic. But that all happened kind of all at the same time. And this was probably February, March. And it just was really hitting hard and starting to snowball. And it made being pregnant even more scary than being pregnant can be. <laughs> yeah, because, again, if you look at that, if you think about the list of things that really can mess up your mental health, you know, a change of job, a new baby arriving, uh, you know, a close relative being diagnosed with an illness mm -hmm. and, you know, no list prior to March has ever had global pandemic on it, but they all have them on there now. Mm -hmm. um, it's, cra it's crazy. Yeah. And for me, um, I'll touch lightly on when I had Boston, I had a lot of um, anxiety, postpartum anxiety, PPA, yeah. and I didn't do very well straight after he was born for about six to eight weeks. And um, I think for me being pregnant again, and I actually had a miscarriage before as well. So things for me, pregnancy just brings a lot of fear. Mm. Um, it's beautiful and, and it's a blessing to have it happen. I know so many people can't, but it, it does scare me a lot. And that's without a pandemic. <laughs> or, or a mother-in-law with a leukemia diagnosis yeah. or a husband changing jobs or And especially my mother-in-law is absolutely amazing. And she, She's awesome. She, she was going to have Boston at that time when we had the baby. Yeah. So we'd kind of planned things and then everything was going out of control. Anything that I could control had been taken away. And, um, yeah, we didn't know what we were doing. And thankfully, due to COVID, my mum is a teacher. She had to stop teaching she's mm. over 65 and she um essentially retired during the isolation of COVID yeah. and and then she was able to help us so things do work out um and I knew lots of people that could help and lots of people offered but it's very hard to say well have you been isolating and you know we're bringing a newborn into the house and mm. you know you'd have to basically live with me for 14 days um which is what happened with my brother and his wife my brother had his first child um in April in yeah. Los Angeles yeah and that's even scarier because, you know, we all know how America's handling yep. all of this. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and, and they had to bring um, my brother's mother-in-law in and have her be there for a good five weeks or something before the birth just because they had to get her in. And, and there's another layer to this whole shit show, mm -hmm. which is you've got a brother that lives in L.A. and, yeah. and he's got a child that his grandparents... The, the grandparents haven't seen, you haven't seen. Yeah, my you know. beautiful niece, Lennon. Yeah, yeah. And and I just can't wait to hold her and, you know, and just congratulate my brother and my sister-in-law and just help. Um, my brother's meant to be here right now for the month and he yeah, can't. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, that's the thing, isn't it? It's that idea that you just, I've had this conversation with a couple of people, we don't know when we're going to get to 
to see these people no. again, like literally. Yeah. You know, the, there's one report saying it'll be 2023 before we've got international travel again. Yeah, that's really scary because people that know me know that I love my family and I love yeah. my friends and I love to hold people and hug people. And, mm. you know, yeah. I'm one of those people, I mean, Adam's experienced it himself. I once kind of yep. misread the signals and jumped off a lounge into his arms. Still totally fine with it. <laughs> it's totally okay. <laughs> I thought we were going for a hug, but I'm sorry. Um, but For, yeah. Fortunately, I'm a good catch. <laughs> fortunately, I've got good he- soft heads. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I wasn't doing well with just that fact that I couldn't hug and hold. But now to think that I don't know when I'm going to hug and hold my niece. And and when I do, that poor little girl, gosh, she's just going to get so many cuddles. Uh, and particularly being a girl because you're uh, surrounded by boys virtually. You just yeah. need a girl. Oh, I know. Yep. So. Yeah. I do. Anyway. I, I, get, I get it, but I get the opposite. Surrounded yeah. by girls, so I just need boys. Well, we. That's why we've given you crews <laughs> in yep. Boston. Yeah. So we we do a lot of portaling and like uh, FaceTiming and things. Yeah, it's yeah. very hard. You, you just want to be with someone, and at any given time, I'll be smiling and happy, and the next minute I'll be crying, going, "I just want to give her a hug." And, and, the, and the distancing's hard enough. I mean, it, for me, it would be hard enough to have that person that far away anyway, and and want to see them all the time, and not be able yeah. to see them. But when you Physically, you just know you can't. Like yeah. you just—they've told you you're not allowed to go. Over well, I actually can't even see my dad, and he's in Queensland, and yeah, he hasn't yeah. met my son yet. Um, and he would have ideally be been here already with his partner Annette. And if not, we would have been up there. And you know, the minute the borders open, we're just both going to drive as quickly as we can to whatever point we can meet in the yeah. middle, yeah. and just be with each other. And I love my dad. He can be really annoying, but. I love him so much that right now I'm just missing him so much. Yeah. I think because I'm not allowed to see him. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's really hard. So, yeah. Yeah, but then that kind of what what brought me to creating this little, um, I don't know what I call it, Mum's Village or something? Mum's Village, yeah. Now, this is the thing. So, this is a, the part of what we do here is we we want to talk about what's doing, what's happening for your mental health, but we want to talk about the positive things that you're doing for your mental health. And touching on, you, you mentioned the postpartum anxiety. Yep. Um, it's like one in four women. Mm. It's huge. Yep. And I've been talking about, we've been doing some mental health training stuff at work lately, and I've been talking about this a lot with people because you know, Bob's had the similar experience after, after Natalie was born. But <clears throat> the idea that this is the happiest time of your life. Yeah. Like it's the most, ex- and, and I know how much you love your boys as much yep. as I love my girls. You're supposed to love this thing more than anything in the world. They're scaring the shit out of you. Well, I think for me, I didn't know. I knew I didn't have postnatal depression or like I knew I wasn't being depressed about it. I wasn't yeah. sad about it. I just was constantly in fear and constantly scared and thinking he wasn't breathing or, or just so many things or thinking I hadn't put him in the car if he was too quiet or could, could his soft toy or something had suffocated him if I'd left the room for a second or just anything. I just... Sort of disproportionate responses yeah. to things happening. Yeah. yeah, And I didn't realise, I thought I was just a worried mum. And a lot of mums said, oh yeah, you always worry, you always worry. Yeah. Then one night, about 3am, I was Googling and something came up about postpartum anxiety and I had no idea what that was. Mm. I didn't even know it existed. I've never, I'd never heard of it before. And then I read everything about it and I read it all the It was never points. mentioned in the lead up, like were you a pregnant? Not anxiety, no? all depression, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And people would say, you know, um, panda and, and if you're, um, you've got, I don't know, any form of sadness or if you think you're going to injure the child or if this or that or injure yourself or whatever mm, it is, mm. I didn't have any of those. I was happy and I was, I was yeah. loving it, but I was just scared 
all the time, but to the level of fear, like uh, crippling fear. My mm. son slept very well. Boston was a really, really, really good sleeper and I couldn't sleep. Mm. So then I ended up getting sleeping panels for him and things and then I slept and that was great. He had the sleeping panels till he was two <laughs> because I was still too scared to not, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. not have them. But yeah, I, I don't we know. Had a, we had a baby monitor till about a year ago. Yeah. Oh, he's <laughs> still got the baby monitor. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that is six. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's probably uh, where Boston will be going with that. But I think for me... It wasn't enough of that anxiety. It was all just, oh, mum worry. That's just mum worry. Yeah. You know, and it was just, you're meant to be like that. And I just thought, how can this be true? Mm. <laughs> I shouldn't feel like this all the time. And then it scared me a bit because I was like, well, am I the only one? And then I met a few other mums when I was in, um, when Boston was a child, uh, a baby. And they were fantastic, those mums. And that mums group that I had there, there was 10 of us organised through the maternal health clinic um, and it was fantastic and I'm still really good friends with them and next week we're catching up again and mm. um, it's just, yeah, like I needed it. And then this time around, no one could be together, no maternal health clinics, um, yeah. no one could come to the hospital, no visitors. Uh, so like baby was born on 15th of May. That day was the day that they lifted the restrictions on you could have, um, I think, 10 people at your house then. Mm. Um and no, it was only Craig who could come to the hospital. And I was a planned caesarean um, and I knew I'd been there for probably six days mm. and I couldn't even have Boston there. So Yeah, that, they were the really strict rules, weren't they? It was, yeah. it was literally just one person. Yeah. It was just the husband. It was, you know, you yeah. couldn't leave the building. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's literally, you know, not seeing your son. The thing, I, I love this, but it's kind of sad that, Boston didn't know he had a brother for four or five days. Yeah, five days. We we didn't tell him because it was too hard to tell him that we've got this baby and show him the baby over video or photos or whatever and then say, oh, but we're not coming home and you can't come to us. A three-year-old couldn't understand that. A lot of adults couldn't understand that. Um, And I couldn't even leave to go to the cafe downstairs. I couldn't – I had to stay in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, Craig could come and go, but um, I was not allowed to go. And – we just didn't tell Boston until the morning that we were coming home. We showed him the baby and we said, we'll be home soon. And I don't know how long he thinks it takes to have a baby, but yeah. <laughs> he's going to be a bit confused when he has his own in the future. Hang on a second. Like, Mum had cruise and she was home by that lunchtime. Yeah, just popped, popped it out, gone straight home. Yep. Um, but yeah, but I mean, we were lucky in a sense that I had Craig there. Um, my brother wasn't allowed to be there. Um, he was there for the birth, but he wasn't allowed to be there for the days after. My sister-in-law is a absolute machine and was able to do it herself and um, just a few days and then she got to go home but I can't imagine your first child. So he, he couldn't, in the States he couldn't actually even be in the hospital. He, he was got there the, for the birth and then that was it. And then he wasn't allowed to. Yeah. He was sitting in the car park while she was going in to make sure that they were definitely ready to have the baby. Mm. Um, but yeah, he, he wasn't able to and I can't believe how my sister-in-law went through that and I, I'm just lucky that I've had a, had a baby before so I, I knew some of it and I liked some of it and mm. I I think if it was my first child, it would have been really, really hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, was, yeah, I can't imagine having a baby in that environment, never having had a child before, because you would have just would have been horrible. Yeah. I mean, it's so it's so ingrained in what we do. We we found it quite weird to not be able to come and visit, yeah. you know, because that's just what you do. You do, you yeah. Know, well, with a, Boston, I had a spreadsheet of who was coming to visit when yeah, and yeah. how. and Like a ticketing system at Coles yeah, or something. Yeah, it was like, like who's coming front. on what day and mm. who's who's in, who's out, and yeah, it was, 
very different. But um, I did <laughs> I did have a conversation with Craig at the time though that he did say that the advantage of it was that it was nice just to have the three of you to it sit there really and nice. get to know each other yeah. and bond and. Well, I had a lot of guilt about three weeks before having Cruz that mm. I wasn't going to love this child as much as I loved Boston. I wasn't going to have enough mm. enough to do. I wasn't going to be able to do it. Yeah. Um, but it turns out that you do. <laughs> uh, you do have <laughs> yeah. more love. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it did help that I did have six days of purely just me and Cruz and then Craig coming and going and yeah being able to just hold the baby and not have to come home and do anything at home or try and juggle two kids or anything. So that did, was nice. Did you, is like, is the role of the mother an influence in that connection? I mean, you know, men are a little bit removed from that situation. You get to breastfeed, there's a, the idea that you've had them inside of you as well. Yeah. Do you reckon that helped you in terms of like uh, getting over that hurdle of, I don't know if I'm going to love him as much? Was that important or was it... No, I, I don't, I don't think so. I think I just, I think I was more worried that I wasn't going to be able to give him the life that I gave Boston for the first three and a half years. Yeah. So, because there would be two of them yeah. and I wouldn't be able to just do focus everything and focus. And, yeah. and then I also, with COVID, it changed me as well because the world is different and the world isn't the same as what it was oh. when we had Boston, like Boston's been on over 30 flights and, and he's yeah, been yeah. overseas multiple by times. By the time he was Cruz's age, he'd been on a couple of flights, hadn't yeah, he? Yeah, by the time he was Cruz's age, we were actually just boarding, we've been on two flights already and we were just about to board to go to the US for yeah. four weeks yeah. um, and do 10 flights or whatever over that time and yeah, yeah. it was pretty crazy but um, now we don't know when Cruz will even get on a plane to anywhere. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It's all very different, but I think that there are positives though. Um, I think people are so much more understanding and supportive and I think there's a lot of people who are really lucky to be at home, working from home and things. So Cruz has been able to have Craig pretty much full time because he's been working from home and he does go to the office sometimes, like some days, but he's home so quickly or he's here in the morning and it's different. So I mm. think what Cruz doesn't get that Boston got, he gets the opposite. He gets so much more of dad time early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, there are definitely positives. Yeah. Going back to that, I was interested in that mum's group you talked about, the first one you set up. Was that mm. something that was set up through So that one was a maternal, thing? it yeah. was a maternal health clinic in Moorbank. Yeah. And um, I just turned up and it was meant to go for four weeks on a Wednesday or something. For so it was they sort of organised it and then you kept it going afterwards? Yeah, we okay. kept it going afterwards. I, If people know me, um, I'm an organiser, um, mm-hmm. I'm an event planner, I'm a yeah. whatever, um, and I love people to be together and do things together. I think that spreadsheet <laughs> comment earlier would have given people an insight into the, <laughs> the psyche. <laughs> this, this is a woman where I one time said, do you, do you know, like if someone went to Hawaii, do you know the good place to shop? Yeah, I've got an Excel spreadsheet. Just send them to me. I've got all of the places mapped out, all yeah. the good eating places. It's all there. <laughs> I just, I like to be organized. Um, but yeah, so uh, we kept going. We started a little Facebook group and then we continued going and we actually ended up catching up nearly twice a week for the first six months, um, doing things together, going to the Maritime Museum to do mums and bubs classes mm. and going to little Jimbaroo um, at the YMCA and um, we do like themed days like Melbourne Cup. We got all 10 of us together to go to Moorbank Sporties and we got a section and we put rugs on the floor and put all the babies out in their dressed up outfits yep. and then all of us dressed up and 
just things that you wouldn't normally get around to being doing when mm. you've got a baby because mm. you just think, oh, it's a bit hard or whatever. But when you've got 10 mums and 10 babies, um, you're kind of all together. You, you just do it. Were all the mums in a similar position sort of headspace-wise or were they uh, – we was were a bit of variety? Definitely a variety. Mm. Um, there was some, some mums who had taken um, – taken a very long time to conceive via IVF or had taken, um, uh, I don't know, it could be their first child, could be their third child, could be whatever. There was all different ones, different ages. Um, We were just very lucky that we were were all so uh, ready to meet each other. We didn't know it though. Yeah. I don't think any of us on day one expected it. I have one really good friend in the group there who um, said that when she first met me, she she didn't didn't like me. <laughs> she she and uh, we're very good friends now. But she initially looked at me and thought, "Oh, here we go. I don't want to be friends with her." Uh, I think because the minute it got to me, I burst into tears. Like I was ready to tell my story because you had to go around the circle and explain. Yeah, yeah how the baby was born and what your experience was like and whatever. And I just went and lost it. And, and she was just like, Oh gosh, I don't need that. And yeah, no, now we, we are so close and we know, and like we do everything sort of talking to each other and we're together and, you know, we've both had more kids and that kind of thing where we really support each other. But initially she was really against, not against having a mum's group, but she was just like, Oh, I don't need this. (laughs) <laughs> Little did she know, we all needed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all definitely need it. And we still need it. And yeah. we still have a, a group on Facebook, our mum squad. Um, and that's from my first son. So that's three and a half years ago. But that's just 10 of us. And that was organized already, but we just kept it going. Mm. And we were just lucky that we all kind of fell together. Now, fast forward to, to Cruz. Mm. Were there the same feelings of anxiety or were they just the normal kind of Eliza anxieties about oh, having yeah. a baby? You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm anxiety ridden at the best of times. Um, it, it wasn't really, it was more about um, pandemic anxiety, I think, yeah. and, and um, you know, COVID anxiety and trying to make sure that we saw Jan, uh, Craig's mum, yep. within the right distance and the right yeah. safety and because she was going through treatment. Yeah at the right time um, and then wanting to see, um, you know, and our nephews and, and our brother-in-law and, and sister-in-law, Craig's brother and those type of people like we wanted and you guys, we wanted mm. to see you guys. We wanted you to meet Cruz, but we all had to be really mindful mm. that we weren't going over the numbers, that we were all safe, that none of us had been sick at all. Yeah. And when you're in the middle of, you know, it's cold, it's, it's cold season, it's, um, you know, sickness is there anyway. Uh, we've all got kids and they kind of are sort of gross anyway. Petri dishes. Just, yeah. Just absolute germ yeah. factories. So it was like, okay, uh, I'll meet you at the park up the road and uh, we'll just sit outside for an hour and not be near each other but be close enough and mm. here's the hand sanitizer and here's this, here's that. And so I think you didn't really have time to be worried about those sort of things. Mm. What did get me though was sort of – Finishing up work um, and going into the fact that I was home, but I couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to go anywhere, um, really. Like, we, the restrictions were quite strong then. We, mm. I once met up with my beautiful cousin who also had a baby two weeks after me. Um, met up with her. We were both very pregnant. And uh, our stomach kind of kept us socially distanced anyway. Um, <laughs> but we had sat down to eat some food um, by the beach at Brighton, Brighton Sands or somewhere. And I, I think we sat down more so because 
we were very pregnant. Not really because we thought, oh, let's just relax and sit down. Mm. And, and then police were there instantly, like, nope, you have to keep moving and off you go. And we, we just weren't, I don't think our mind space was there for oh, that. Yeah, we didn't, yeah. we'd never d- been through that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was the last time I'd seen her when we were both pregnant. And it was just a bit scary, like, to know that everything was different. Um, and I came home and I think the next day I just, everything kind of snowballed and, and it all got a bit too much. And I just started feeling really, I don't know, I had a lot of, um, I think I was just a lot of fear and, and, and that scared me. And I thought no one really gets it. Um, Craig doesn't understand he's not pregnant. Um, my mom hasn't had a baby for 34 years, 35 years, um, my cousin, who was just having a baby soon, she hasn't had a baby before, so she was scared anyway. Mm, like mm. it was just, it was all very different, and I just thought, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, and and I, I am not going to have that mums group that I had with Boston, which I didn't even think I wanted a mums group. And this time around, I said, I don't need it. I, I've got these beautiful women in my street who, between us, we've got 14 kids. Um, they're amazing women. They're there for everything. Mm. I couldn't live my life without them. I didn't think I needed any more friends, I guess, yeah. for lack of a better way of saying it, um, in the local area. But then one, one night I just lost it. I was uncontrollably crying. I couldn't breathe. And I just yeah. thought, what is, what's really hurting me here? And I think it was just, I didn't know if there was anyone else who felt the way I felt um, and who needed people. And we talked about that. I mean, we talked about that off air in relation to something else, but... It, it, this is surrounding like so much of the theme of what we're talking about across all of the podcasts in the last couple of months has been the idea of I feel like I'm alone. I feel like no one else understands me. Yeah. No one else gets it mm-hmm. until you say to someone, "This is how I feel," and they go, "Yeah, I feel exactly the same way." Yeah. And you go, "Oh shit!" And that feeling of being connected to someone, that feeling that there's someone else that gets what you're thinking, yeah. is so super important. Like it's just ridiculous. And I, I think what actually also um, it was positive that that Craig and I have a very great relationship where we can say to each other, look, I don't understand where you're coming from, mm. but I support you, mm. but I don't get it. And Craig will openly say that to me where he will say, look, I, I'm not pregnant, but I don't understand. And then he yeah. was going through with his own mother being so unwell. He had his own stuff going on, mm. um, which I didn't completely understand either. I mean, obviously I was upset too, but it's not my mum. And anxiety is a bit of a different animal as well. It really is. Craig know. doesn't suffer from anxiety no. Anytime. No. So he doesn't really understand. I suffer from it all the time. It's just which level, like what's happening today that will no. make it or, you know, what am I going to overthink about now? Like <laughs> whatever. Um, and luckily I've got a really close girlfriend who is also an overthinker and we can just message each other. And we may have once messaged each other about, you know, one time I think I was a little upset because I thought my eyes were too close together. And okay, I, yeah, that comment makes sense. You know, okay. yeah, I think whoever read that on Facebook the other day may have understood now what I'm talking about and she just gets it. And then yeah. she'll write back something else and like that she understands. However, she wasn't pregnant and I thought, well, I can go to you and I can talk to you but it's another level i need someone who is pregnant that may be going through something like this that may be feeling worried about covid may be upset that you know that we're not even having a baby shower like i i know it's my second child i wasn't going to have a baby shower but i thought well maybe i'll have a little lunch to celebrate like with some really core women in my life couldn't do that so I thought, well, who's out there? And I uh, just created a little post and put it on our community Facebook page. Yeah. 
And I just said, hi, um, is there anyone out there that's pregnant or has a newborn that just wants to be part of a little group that we could catch up? And I thought maybe I'd get my 10 or five or mm. at least one person. Yeah. Um, instantly, I had about 10 people um, overnight. And then the next day, it just started growing a little bit more. And then other people would recommend or they'd message me to ask me and um, or from that page, you know, have you created a page yet? Because at first I was just going to try and manage it with just doing a message group. Yeah. And then it just got a little bit bigger and I thought, oh, I'll just create something. And so I created the local area um, mums group for newborns and bumps, bumps and newborns. I thought, oh, we'll just see how many we get and whatever. Mm. And it was never about, oh, let's try and get lots of people. Mm. It was just who needs it. Mm-hmm. And it got to about 40 people. And I thought, oh, God, that's a lot of people. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't ready for this. Um, I just wanted a couple. I'm going to need a bigger spreadsheet. I know. With a, how, would I throw my, how would I throw Cruz's first birthday inviting 40 mums before I've even invited the rest yeah. of my friends and family? So you have to like, hold it at Shark Park or something like that. I know. I'm just sell tickets. Um, so, wow, that's a good idea. Yeah. No. Um, Write that down. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just decided after that, like I'd created the group and we made it private, but it was, you know, getting bigger. And then within two months, we had 85 people. And by this time, I'd had the baby. Yeah. Um, I'd had crews and I was just like, oh, wow, I'm up all night so I can organize this and I can, you mm. know, feed and write things and share things. And people were sharing because a lot of people were due. It was more like yeah. I'm due now. Mm. And babies were being born and we were getting photos and it was just, we were able to share things and we'd never met. Um, I think I'd met one of the mums. Actually, I'd never actually met her yet. We'd sat together in the same waiting room for our obstetrician and we're both part of the group. We had no idea until we got home that night and I'd messaged to say I'd been at an appointment and she'd also messaged and said, oh my gosh, I think I saw you. And I went, oh my gosh, I think I saw you because we both recognised each other's partners mm. and each other's, like my older son. And it was weird because we were sitting right next to each other and without that group, we would not have known that we literally live a couple of streets apart and our babies mm. have been born five days apart. And now we, you know, have each other. Mm. Like, you know, we, we, I saw her, that she was the first person who's met Cruz actually because she was at the hospital. Uh-huh. And so okay. we couldn't have visitors, but yet she couldn't, and she was having her little beautiful little girl that day. Yeah. And um, I was leaving the hospital that yeah, day. Yeah, that's, that's how I imagined it. You're walking yeah. out. She's and walking it was. In, and I anything. said, you should take my room. It's got views of the city. <laughs> <laughs> nice sunrises. Okay. I um, left a little something in the bottom drawer for you as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think after that, um, it just got a little bit bigger. And then people just started asking, oh, look, I've got, an, I've got a six-month-old. Can I join? And mm. I've got a this and that. And I thought, people need it. Mm. I'm not going to say no. Because the thing we always said, it's it's the same as death. Everybody is there in that first day, two days, three days, that first week. Mm-hmm. Everyone's all over you like, you know, like, yep. a, like a rash. But it's a month later. Yeah. It's two months later. It's six months later. Yeah. It's when you're sitting there at three o'clock in the afternoon and everyone else is doing their thing and you're sitting there going, I want to be around somebody. I'm yeah. freaking out. Or it's it's also what you what you want to talk about. So I may not come to you guys mm. going, hey, do you know anything about nipple cream? Or do you know anything about baby poo or this or that or yeah. whatever it is? Or how do I swaddle a baby? Or has anyone tried something else or mm. teething or anything? But when you find those people that are going through something so similar at the yeah. same time, you don't have to be there to make friends with them and to be your bestie. It's just more like 
hey, I had a really shit night last night. You know, has anyone else had this happen to them or mm. whatever it was? Um, and that's when the group just got a little bit bigger and we turned it into a mum's village. By this time, um, I had met a few of the mums. We had a catch-up in the park, um, socially distanced catch-up. Um, I think there was about... 10 to 20 of us but we were all in smaller groups and we stood separately and mm. we we weren't inside and because it was a lot of restrictions still mm. on um but it was so nice just to see real people and yeah, yeah. them have babies and put faces to names and then from that um it's a couple of mums that I just clicked with and the initial one um clicked with so well that I think we stayed there for a good couple of hours afterwards just just the three of us and it was fantastic and since then we have kind of our own little I wouldn't say side group but it's just like we catch up a lot more um we live within a few streets of each other we um juggle things we've been to each other's houses we've kind of just there like we're able to just talk to each other and and we help each other so much we've dropped coffees to each other we've um you know, cried to each other, helped each other or whatever, mm. bitched about our husbands. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> we've, you know, done anything. We've just kind of understood it. And uh, they've also got other kids, which makes it easier on me. Um, I don't ever want to come across to someone, first time mum, that I know things because I have another kid because you don't. Mm. Every kid is different. Um, I also don't know anything. Like I'm not trained in babies. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm more than happy to help people and talk to people and just be that person that might say, look, have you looked at this or have you looked mm. at that? Or people who know me know that I um, love Pinky McKay. Like I'm addicted to anything Pinky and she's a, I wrote it down because I don't want to get it wrong, <laughs> International Board Certified Lactation Consultant, an IBCLC. Um, yeah. So anyways, she's a goddess and she is a mum of five and... She's just amazing. And her Facebook page, she has a tea time every Tuesday now. She's locked down in Melbourne yeah. and she's crazy. She's got bright pink hair. Well, she's not crazy. She, she's just wild and I love her. You can use the word day. crazy. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> she's amazing. Um, but the good thing I find about her is, and it's the way that I love to support mums, hopefully I come across like that to them, is I don't ever want to say you're doing it wrong mm. or that's not right. She's so good at saying these are options. Have you tried this? Have you tried that? Yeah. Or, you know what, if that doesn't work for you, these people have tried this, maybe mm. try that. Or, you know, that's shit. Let's just not do it. Mm. Like, it, whatever. Like, don't push yourself and hug your baby. And, that, and that's, that's, all, that's all mental health, you know. Like, it's like, you know, we try and put as many different things out there as possible. We're, we're looking at doing some sort of self-care stuff at the moment. Yeah. And I said, I said to Barb the other day, I go, you know, I'm thinking about it maybe on a Friday just put up like a self-care suggestion. Mm-hmm. Do Try this this weekend. I said, like, for example, have a bath, yeah. you know. And Barb goes, how many people do you think are going to have a bath? I said, well, I'm not going to have a bath. Because <laughs> I can't fit in baths. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be a real big bath. <laughs> but um, big round <laughs> But um, there'll be people out there that'll, that will go, yeah, man, I that's me. Yeah, for I'll sure. tell Craig, I'll I need that. a bath this week. Yeah. And he'll know that means I'm going for a good two hours. I'm taking a glass of red. Yep. A large glass of red <laughs> and a candle, and yeah. I'm going to sit there with a pen and paper. No, uh, no phones or iPads because I have dropped an iPad in the bath before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I love baths. Yeah. But then I do tell mums, a shower isn't self care. Shower is you should be able to shower anyway. Yeah. So a, a, a bath, a long bath, relaxing, and oh, neighbours' kids are playing with the ball. If anyone heard that. Nice. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think I try to explain that to some of the mums is, you know, s- 
self-care is more something that's that's going to make you more relaxed, not just run and have a shower quickly because someone's holding your baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just a thing. And and like you said, here's 20 things to try. Try yeah. try five of them. If they don't work, try another five. Yeah. And pick, once it works, it's not going to work again in three weeks' time, yeah. so you've got to try something new again. Or, pick the th- or, or it might work over and over again, and it might be something you never thought of. Yeah. And don't go, oh, well, I tried that. It didn't work. I'm not going to do anything yeah. else. Try the next thing. Try the next and thing. And that's why I say thing. to people, mum's groups are great. Um, I know there's stigma around them and things and a lot of people don't want them and don't like them or have anxiety about even going to them or they have a, a preconcepted idea of what what actually a mum's group is. Yeah. But I just think try it. And if you find one person, like I'm lucky that I've actually found. So now there's, there's 125 members now um, of this yeah. mum's village. It's up to 12 months old now. We had to cut it off somewhere um, just because there's lots of groups out there on Facebook. But we needed to kind of rein it in a little bit. And I'm very lucky that I have found so many mums in this group that I will meet up with, um, whether it's one-on-one or I've had one over to my place and then she invited me to hers and had a beautiful lunch that her husband cooked us while our babies played and, like, things like that. It's just amazing, like, to find just a few different people – and some of them, I may not want to talk to them any more than just purely, hey, do you want our kids to play? Or mm. we've both got older kids. Or And I I'm, and I'm, don't click with everybody, yeah. but it is great to have options and have people. Yeah. And like we've enjoyed it so much now. We catch up every fortnight. Um, we've just added a new – I've got one of the other mums helping me now with sort of the admin side of it because, as you know, running a page on Facebook – when you've got to keep things going and keep it relevant and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, things like Mother's Day, Father's Day, things like that, or um, we've got Breast Cancer Awareness Month coming up. We're going yep. to do something pink and raise some money, hopefully, with 125 people. Even if everyone puts $5 in each, we're going to raise some cash there. Mm. Um, little things like that. And then also getting people confident enough to go places now where we can go, Um wherever they feel safe. I don't really like being in aircon that much at the moment. You know, it's just my thing with COVID. I, mm-hmm. I get nervous of that, especially with a baby. Yep. Um, so I like being outdoors. So if you can find me an outdoor beautiful cafe or a, you know, park with a play area that's gated for Boston to run around in, mm. I'm there. Yeah. And if anyone wants to come with me, sure, let's do it. And yeah. it's a beautiful little cafe up at um, Engadine that's called The Den and it's got a gorgeous outdoor area and um, a little kids' play area, and mm-hmm. we just decided we might start some wine down Wednesdays for, like, mums being able to not necessarily drink wine, but just to be able to go and eat a real meal at a table mm-hmm. while people don't mind that you're breastfeeding or juggling your baby or going to change a nappy at the change table, yeah. which they supply a change table there, which is amazing. Yeah. So many cafes don't. But until you know where to go and how to do it and who you're with... Mm. I think you just need the confidence sometimes to do that. Mm. Um, and I know that I've asked other mums if they want to organise stuff through the page and they're like, nah, you do it. You sort it out for us. That's fine. We're <laughs> on to it. If you could do this, that'd be great. You know, I'm fine with it. I'll do it. If they need help to go anywhere, I'm, I'm your person. Yeah, yeah. If anyone's too afraid to drive in their car with a baby, I'll come. I'll drive for Does you. Does the group have like the files option? You could have like a set of, you know, here's, here's a PDF, here's a... Yeah, we, we do. We have the files option. I haven't put it all up yet, but yeah. I have put up um, within the group, there's different things. So different threads. One yeah. of them is your hospital bag. Yeah. What do you recommend? Yeah. Everyone comments underneath. Yeah. 
then the next one is bottle feeding and then breastfeeding mm-hmm. and then whatever. And we're not, um, I'm pretty strict on the sense that we're not pro anything. Mm. It's just options everywhere. Right, There's yeah. too many Facebook pages that are pro. Yeah. So go to those. Or talk alter- in those. Alternatively, if someone's going, oh, you should absolutely not do that. That's, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we're not either See way. And it's, it's just a safe place for people to ask questions and yeah. do things. And we've got an amazing mum who uses um, the cloth nappies. Mm-hmm. I think she's incredible. Mm-hmm. I personally couldn't do it. I think she's insane. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, but I think, wow, good on her. Um, we have another mum who purely just wants to express um, and not, not breastfeed, but mm. she also isn't using formula. Amazing. Mm-hmm. To think how much effort goes into expressing you are incredible. And to make that decision that you want to do that because of your own mental health, mm. go you. And like and I've messaged with them at 3 a.m. in the morning about their decisions. Yeah. One time I actually was up messaging and then Barb happened to be online <laughs> and I'd messaged her too. And then her and I had a good old chat about mental health stuff. <laughs> like for a whole hour. <laughs> it yep. was excellent. But um, yep. you don't find those people that are up unless you're up and asking the questions or talking or... Yeah, yeah. And I'm more than happy to be that person. Any given time, I'm messaging someone. And sometimes, it, I mean, even it's just the the matter of. I heard the phrase today, and it actually described exactly what I want to describe with this, which is breaking the circuit. Yeah. You know, just being that circuit breaker. You know, yeah. saying to someone, "Here's mum's group. I think you know you've got postpartum anxiety. Here's mum's group you can be involved with." Or even asking someone that question. Yeah. You know, that's what how you go, mate. Is it is asking uh-huh. that question. I'm worried about your mental health. Exactly. And we say that one of the mums put in, I can't make it today because of such and such. Straight away, me and one of the other mums just like messaged her. We didn't know both of us had messaged her and we were like, hi, just wanted to check you didn't need a coffee or you want to have a chat or, and it turned out she did need a chat Mm. and that's great. Um, And I also need a chat. There's mums there where I have to talk to. These mums saved me. Like, I don't know where I would have been without all of this. And one of the, I always say to people, Facebook came into being when I first was diagnosed yep. with depression. So 2007, 2008. And I'm extraordinarily social, love being around people, love being the centre of attention, love being the joker. No, but I've never noticed. No, I know. Shocking. <laughs> but one of the things that my depression did to me was make me not want to be any of those things. Mm-hmm. Made me withdraw, made me isolate. I didn't want to be. And Facebook was really fantastic. The virtual world was really amazing. And I, I get why people kind of get into it so strongly because... It allowed me to still be social, yep. but allowed me to have really strict controls over that. And I didn't actually have to interact with people. I didn't have to be strong or pretend to be anything. Yeah, I could just be online and I could choose whether or not I wanted to engage or not. I could choose whether or not I wanted to turn. I could choose what I wanted. And this was back just just pre-broadband. It was yep. just starting to come in. So you have control of it. I could pretend that the line dropped out, yeah. you know, if, if I wanted to get off quickly. Yep. Um, but I had control of that. And so for a mum sitting there on a... At two o'clock in the morning, breastfeeding a baby, yeah. she gets to choose whether or not she goes, I'm going to see if anyone else is out there and gets yeah. this. And she puts that message up. And when somebody replies, yeah. that must be the best thing ever. It's great. It's, yeah, it's great. Some of the best conversations I've had are those ones at that time in the morning. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think if, if I didn't do it, I don't know how I would be as a mother. Mm. Like I, I, I would be way more stressed. Um, yeah. I also need to apologize to anyone that ever messages me because it takes me a good 24 to 48 hours to actually respond to someone. Even you know, <laughs> you've had to like re-ask me a question. I'm like, ah, I'm so sorry. I'll get back to you. And I need to like mark them unread till I go back and 
reply or I've, something. Look, I'm listening to Ben's men table thing and he describes adult ADHD. Yeah. Pretty sure you'll you'll like me. Some of it you'll go, yeah, that's me. Yeah, oh, I definitely oh. think so. Oh, look, yep. there's something shiny. <laughs> I've forgotten to reply to your message. Sorry. No, but I, I have this um, this sort of time around having the newborn, I have been using my voice to text on the phone mm-hmm. a lot more. <laughs> it's made for some pretty funny responses mm-hmm. to people, especially mm-hmm. when I go to spell out cruise. I'm either talking about a cruise ship or <laughs> I tried to spell out C-R-U-Z and it was S-W-E-I-A-R-E-Y-O-U. I'm like, oh, no, none of this is going to work. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, there's a few weird messages there. But if, I think if anyone wants to meet a message back, you'll probably get a response at 2 to 4 a.m. <laughs> Less now. Cruise is sleeping so much better, touch wood, but we're coming up to four months sleep progression. So, yeah. woohoo. So were the, were the, were the, was the anxiety different with Cruz? Was the feelings different after? I mean, I know. Um, well, I had the sleeping happened. panels from work go. Yeah. Um, so that was great. Yeah. Um, I already knew how to breastfeed. Like I think by maybe day two, I was, when I got home, I was, you know, buttering a bagel or um, cream cheesing a bagel actually. And uh, like while feeding, while getting Boston something, while walking. And mm. I was like, ah, usually with Boston, I'd have to sit down and mm. not move and get ready to sit there for the hour. And mm. I think when you've got a three-year-old, you don't really get an option not to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the anxiety wasn't really as bad. Um, I still obviously worry and stuff, but not as much. And yeah. and I think having Craig around more was great. Um, having my mum there to help so much, especially with Boston. Yeah. And, and I think just having lots of people around more because of COVID, people are home more. So a lot of my neighbours are, are working from home and around or a lot of my friends or even my brother and my sister-in-law in LA, like they're home because they're not at work. They're working from home and, and on maternity leave, but we can just portal whenever, like we can call each other. At one point, um, I walked into the lounge and my son, Boston had actually called my brother and then joined my mum in from her portal in Little Bay. I was having a three-way conversation. I'm just lucky I had shirt on or pants on. Like I was walking through with breakfast going, did you call Boston? And they're like, no, Boston called us. And I was like, how? It was, um, I think daddy was 17 months old and she was searching for things on YouTube. Like, like, literally. She's very smart, though. but but you, well, for her it was, more, but for her it was more that thing where um she'd open, she knew the YouTube symbol, she knew the app, so she knew how to get into it on the yeah. phone. She wasn't obviously typing in, you know, Peppa Pig, but because <laughs> we used to have Peppa Pig on our YouTube, and the YouTube is connected on the telly, connected to the one on the phone, yeah, or on the computers connected to the one on the phone, um, but she was actually, you know, scrolling through like. Stopping and then going back and you know, like <laughs> properly scrolling them. through to see which ones she wanted to watch. I don't know. And She's you a go, strong little girl. Well, this is a kid, yeah. you know, Boston. These kids are going to know more stuff. Oh, than I can't we imagine what Cruz can do if he's uh, watching Boston do it already. Like, yeah, yeah, something amazing. What else? So, what else helped you deal with the anxiety when you, but with the two kids? Yeah. Outside of, you know, having a bunch of mums around you that really knew what you were going yeah. through. And of course, our all of our favourite thing, wine. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> there is a Feed Safe app, everybody. <laughs> Just letting you know. You put in your weight and, you know, then you put in your height and then you hit it when you had your first drink and then you can feed again for that time. Just FYI. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm very lucky that Boston can still go to care four days a week. Yeah. So I still get to have crews four days a week yep. just myself. Yeah. Um, I put it out there. It's amazing to mums who are mums of multiple kids mm. and juggle them all, all day, every yeah, day. Because, yeah, yeah. yeah, even one of my best girlfriends, Janelle, she came with me um, to Big W for the Big W toy sale to help me just get some stuff sorted. And, and we had um, Boston and Cruise and... By the time we got home at the end of the day, oh, we had gone to a park as well. By the time we got home at the end of the day, I dropped her off. She wrote to me and said, I'm sitting on the lounge. I haven't even taken my shoes off. I'm not even moving because I am exhausted. And she said, I don't know how you've done it and breastfed and everything else. Mm. And uh, yeah, and then at the end of the day, I'd said something and Craig said to me, oh, well, you've been shopping all day. And I was like, I, I went to one shop. And <laughs> said, you know, we only went to one shop today. Yeah. <laughs> and it was... Full on. Like, um, so I think when I get to Fridays, I try not to overdo it too much um, with the two of them. Mm. But it is only my only day with Boston just doing stuff with him. So I always want to do something. So now we've signed up to doing Little Kickers Soccer. Mm. And um, that means I have to be somewhere at a certain time. It's structure. Mm. Otherwise, we may just end up in our pajamas all day and not go anywhere. Um, That's okay. It is, but not if I've done that on other days with crews. <laughs> so it's like, no, I want to get out of the house. So yeah, yeah. I think helping me this time around, I have pre-planned things. Yep. Um, I look back on what helped me during um, my maternity leave with Boston. Mm. Unfortunately, one of the main things that helped me was uh, volunteering at the dementia cottages That's at right, yeah. um, Hammondville through Hammond Care. Uh, Boston and I went there from, it was about five months old mm. um, for... Yeah, I remember that. Quite they, a while. They loved him there. Yep. I'd sit yeah. him on the table and everyone would play with him. And um, I would take some of the women who I could take. Um, we were in just early early stages of dementia cottages. Um, yeah. uh, I would take a few of them for a walk and they would push the pram and we'd walk through the beautiful grounds there in the gardens and yeah. go and see the ducks and everything. Um, and sometimes they would think it was their grandchildren. Sometimes they would think that they were nurses or teachers and mm. they'd throw back to sort of back when they were young. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was always very positive. It was never kind of scary or, or sad for them. Um, it was all really happy and, mm. and then it made us happy. So we would do that every week and we'd spend hours and we would paint nails and we would help with food and um, everyone would sort of be with Boston and it, he had a ball as well and, mm. and um, I'd call them my eldies. I didn't mm -hmm. want to call them oldies, mm -hmm. so elderly ladies. And they just loved him and he loved them. And so did the workers. So w when the ladies who ran the, the nurses and um, all of the different people there, mm. they would just see us walk in and everyone would be lighting up because yeah, yeah. babies do that and babies bring love. And yeah. um, unfortunately, we can't even go near, a, near an aged care now and we can't go near other people either. No. So that's tough. But I really wished I could have done something like that. Um, so I've got to kind of see what else is out there that we are allowed to do and are allowed to have because I want to have some sort of purpose. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, I may as well go back to work. <laughs> like, <laughs> why not? So, I don't well, know. You have, have to at some point, probably. <laughs> at some point, yeah. But, yeah, so um, that was a big thing for me was doing stuff like that. So now it's like what what can I control mm. um, and where can I control those things? Mm. And if it means that that is through a Facebook group of 100 and whatever women and um, helping them go to places or meet people or do things or whatever it is, then yeah. so be it. Then that's it. Pur purpose is so important in mental health recovery. Like yeah. having that sense of I need you know something that 
that I'm doing that's a little bit bigger than me that I'm contributing to. Yeah. Um, and so really it looks like you've sort of just gone, well, I'm going to replace purpose for purpose, you know. Yeah. Not only am I helping myself here, because you are. Yeah, it did um, help and, me so much. But you're helping a bunch of other people as well. And that's what they say, like some of them will be like, thank you so much for creating this or, mm. you know, it's so great you did or whatever. I'm like, it saved me. <laughs> thank you all for wanting to be part of it. And yeah. there's some there that don't comment at all, but they just read. And I yeah. like... They, they read things and if that helps them too, then that's great. Yep. There's some that probably don't want to be there and that's fine and they unfollow the page, totally fine as well. Yep. But we're there if you need it. Um, there's also ones that will probably never come to anything we do no. um, and wish they did or ones that will come and just think, I don't need to. And yeah, But then there's some, there's one who comes and she's got four kids and she's come too and you'd think someone who's got four kids from judging them, not judging, but your perception would be, oh, you, you know this, you're fine, you've got four kids. But no, it's like, I want to be there, I want to mm. do it. So. Isn't, isn't it scary to think that she's had four kids? Not scary, I mean, horrible to think for that person you've had four kids and you've probably been absolutely petrified the entire time. Yeah. And it's only after the fourth kid that you've discovered that there's a bunch of other people out there. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know exactly her situation, but I can imagine if that did happen to someone mm. with four kids and they, they didn't know till the fourth one and mm. if you can at least make a little bit better a little bit more comfortable or a little bit more helpful that's fine and that, and that could just be those people that aren't in, engaging with the page but they're just sitting there looking and going oh that helped oh, me okay yeah. Yeah. yeah and i'm more than happy to put stuff out there like at the start of each month i put out you know good luck to everyone having babies this month and whatever's coming up in the month or whatever it is and then I'll also reach out and be like, hi, everyone, I saw this. It's based on this. If you need to do it, it'll be someone else's page. I'll share that. Or if we see something in the news, it's like, oh, they've, they've had a recall on this or don't use this or this Bonds onesie hasn't got a tag on it, but everything's okay with the actual onesie or whatever it is, mm-hmm. we get it out there. And I don't know, it's, it's just like it's the big wide world of Facebook, but it's kind of more controlled because you're in similar areas. You can talk about the local area. It's not just like the mums of the Shire group, which is huge. Mm. But that's because there's so many mums and it's in the Shire. And, and the Shire is massive. Massive. Um, and no one leaves the Shire. Engadine <laughs> itself is a small country. It is actually. Um, <laughs> someone was saying the other day it's one of the biggest suburbs. Yeah. Like, if not the biggest suburb. That's how Barb describes it all the time. It's like a little country. It needs to be kind of cut in half. So, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Um, for me... It's saved people, and I know it has, Um, even if it's just saved the two that I see so often. Um, And one of them, we've been messaging since January, and just the two of us, she had a baby then. And I love her. I adore her and her beautiful little girl. And that was before this group even started. And and even her and I, she just asked me a few questions because it was her first time. And I would be like, look, I'm not entirely sure, but this is what I do. Mm. And maybe try this or have the confidence to do that or whatever. And we had met previously um, and just by chance live kind of five minutes from each other now. Um, We met in another life and – well, not another life, sorry. That's weird. Um, Another (laughs) time of our life. Got metaphysical then. (laughs) Yeah, wow. This is going another way. Um, But, yeah, I'm so glad that that we have crossed paths again. Yeah. Um, I think we both needed it. Yeah. And, you know, I love love that – of the idea, you know, it doesn't matter if it saves one person. If it saves one person, it saves one person. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I know it has. So yeah. for me, I'm I'm good. Do you ever get that thing? <laughs> I just feel weird when people go, keep doing the work that you're doing. It makes it really makes a difference. You go, yeah, 
Does it really? <laughs> yeah, I know. Sometimes yeah. I think, oh, people are just saying that or like, because when people yeah. hear about it, they're like, oh, it's amazing. And my brother is, my brother is like one of my biggest supporters as a parent, yeah. um, which doesn't blow me away, but it really makes me happy to know mm. that he loves what I do as a parent. Mm. Um, he loves so many things. He asks me questions all the time. He's like one of my biggest supporters and I love that because we've always just been brother and sister and it's fine but putting in that he's moved to the other side of the world like 12 years ago yeah that was tough but then we get back together we'd kind of frustrate each other a bit again being brother and sister but then from when I had my son he's been an incredible um, support for my son as well where he's one of the the best people in his life and being that far away hardly ever sees him my brother and my son are so close and that's because of the effort he's put in. And I know that I can have that with his daughter. But mm. watching him and, and having him say to me, um, you know, you're doing a fantastic thing. At first I thought, oh, he's just being nice. But now I'm like, no, he actually really loves what mm. I'm doing here. Mm. And and once people say that, I'm like, oh, I didn't do it for that. Like I didn't. I didn't do mm. it for the recognition you, or you, the accolade or anything. You just did it because you did it, because yeah. you can. And I didn't do it because I wanted 125 new friends no. or I wanted 125 babies or I wanted this or I wanted, I, I didn't, I no. didn't want any of that. No. Um, I'm so glad that there are friendships that have come out of this that I know now, like a few months ago, I didn't even know these women. And now no. I, can, I can't imagine my life without some of them. It's simply just about that mum that's sitting there that feels like no one else understands what she's yeah. going through. And also some of our hus- does. husbands and partners have shared um, time as well and just turns out a few of them playing Craig's soccer team mm. and now we've met through this but they've met through soccer and you know you're in the local area and why not and this morning we're at a cafe um, after swimming just grabbing a coffee and next to us was one of the mums with her two beautiful kids and we could have just sat there next to each other not knowing each other yeah, yeah. with babies the same age or similar age yeah. and not interact at all yeah. because no one, you don't just walk up to him and be like, Hey, you've got a baby. I made one too. Let's hang out. <laughs> Why not? Like, cool. We've got so much in common. We've got to be friends. No. What's that? You've got ovaries as well. Oh, oh wow. So good. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, it's just not, sometimes when you're breastfeeding, you look at someone who's breastfeeding, you go, Hey, like you're doing, it's like when buses like wave to each other, like we've kind of got that like. I see you, you see me, and I'll help you, and, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, this was just weird to sit next to her and be like, wow, hi. And I know you. Yeah, like, we know each other, but, like, we didn't know each other, yeah. and that's what brought us together. And Yeah, yeah so, you know. And then I've had people message me and say, hi, do you mind if I bring my cousin, or do you mind if I bring such and such, or I've got someone who's having a baby soon, can I let them add the group, add to the group? And, mm. you know, doesn't she doesn't live in the local area. I'm like... It's fine. Like, it's fine. I've <laughs> got another girlfriend who said, oh, can I be part of the group? Like, I don't live near you, but is that cool? I'm like, of course. Mm-hmm. And she shares beautiful things. She's really open with her own mm-hmm. experiences. And, you know, and I think it gives people an option to feel confident mm-hmm. to do things they might not have already they felt like they could do before. Yep, yep. Um, and to keep people busy in this time. Otherwise, being a mum can be really really, I don't want to say boring, but uneventful sometimes mm. where you're just doing the same thing over and over and you're tired and you're physically tired. Like uh, someone said to me the other day. You don't day, want to change another nappy. You don't yeah. want to. Someone said to me the other day, you know, I don't want to be touched, touched anymore. Like I'm, I'm touched out. And I was like, touched out. 
yes, touched out is exactly how I feel sometimes. And I get like if I put Cruz down and then I've got Boston there and he's like, hey, mom, ready to sit on you. And I'm mm. like, thanks. <laughs> but in saying all of that, like I know so many people who can't, can't have children or are struggling to have children yeah. or have, you know, lost children. And I've had miscarriage myself and all the rest of it where I understand that I would love to be touched out at any time. Mm. Um, sorry, touched at any time or whatever <laughs> it is. Not, not worrying because of that. You know, yeah. I understand the other side as well. And yeah. and that's some of the good things in this group is some people, they, they share their stories about how hard it was to conceive or w- which IVF they went through or, mm. you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and that helps other people. Yeah, yeah. It's not necessarily what this group's for, but it definitely helps other people. It's, uh, as I said, I, I, the overriding theme in the last few months for me has just been connection. Yeah. It's connection. Especially in, in a world where you're not allowed to touch. You're yeah. not allowed to yeah. be close to each other or hold each other or you can't see people you would want to see. Yeah. Um, like we were, we're meant to be in the US in November. We've just had our flights refunded. And that's sad because mm. that's that's final confermation. I knew it wasn't happening, but mm. now the money's back. We're like, oh, it's really not happening. Well, the day that Cruz was born, we were supposed to be at a concert. Yes. My husband and I were supposed to be at a concert. Yes. We were supposed to be at Faith No More. Exactly. I don't think Faith No More is going to be here in February. No. And I was meant to be going to the Spice Girls um, cover show yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we're going to have to do the all-time best music <laughs> show as well. We're going to have to do Spice Girls, the, the first Spice Girls album as a part of your, uh, your, yep. your life journey. <laughs> But yeah, so I think overall, um, it's a weird time in the world and, and yeah, I, I needed it to happen. No one, no one a year ago when we did this could have picked that you were going to have pregnant. a baby and the way you were going to have a baby. Well, we didn't know you were pregnant, so we wouldn't have had any clue, but no one would, no one would have guessed you were going to have a baby the way you did yeah. and all the other things that happened. As you and said. also we spoke about me traveling for one night to London. Yeah. Now I can't even go to Queensland. <laughs> isn't it? That's insane, isn't it? That, yeah. That's the other part of that, you know, to, right, I literally was talking about the story last week Yeah. and the fact that you yeah, flew out on a Thursday, flew back on a Monday, yeah. spent one night in England and yeah. Now it would be just, now it's not even possible. Not yeah. even possible to no. do. No, and not even in, in Australia. No. So, yeah, I don't know. Weird world. Weird world. But if anyone needs anything, reach so out. Give, yeah, I was going to say, give the mums, give the page a plug. Well, I don't, I don't want to. Okay, fine. <laughs> Whatever. Only, don't do what it. I, I do, <laughs> what I do want to do is I want to say is the local area for you may have one. The local mm. maternal health clinic mm. where you are may have them. Mm. If they don't, and I know that they aren't doing the mums groups that are organised, they were doing a few Zoom ones and whatnot, and it, yep. it was really hard to get momentum and whatnot. There are many other things like Kanga training. That was fantastic where you put the baby in the baby carrier and you do a workout class. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Kanga and um, it's great. And you can meet mums from that and then go out for lunch straight after. Mm. Um, like we used to do that as well. And there's lots of other areas. And if not, create your own. Yeah. Do it. You don't have to yep. be an organizer, an event planner or anything, but you purely just have to make a page, share it with the local community page, and then just put a few questions at the start as to, you know, when did you have your baby or what is yep. it or whatever. Put your parameters on what you want and what you don't want. Mm-hmm. If you need help, I'm happy to help you create mm-hmm. it. Um, but yeah, so like, I mean, I'm more than happy for people to have our one, but it's kind of getting big and I want it to just be for our suburbs. Yeah. Um, not for our suburbs, but I just don't want it to be too big for people. I want it to be a safe place. 
And I think the more people you get from everywhere, it's hard because things are different. Our local stuff isn't going to be local to, you know, other people who aren't in New South Wales or aren't in our, mm-hmm. you know, and our beautiful family in America and stuff. Like, just, just write, create your own. Just write down franchising opportunity. I think you might oh. be onto something here. <laughs> yeah. I, Huggies, do you want to sponsor me? <laughs> go to Facebook. Type in your suburb name, find the neighbourhood watch group or whatever it is that's in yeah. your area. Ask if there is a mum's group there somewhere or... Put it out there. You know, whatever it is. And if not, I really do recommend creating it. The people, Someone needs it. Mm. And if you know a mum, give her, give her a call. Yeah. Message her. Talk to her. Make sure she's okay. Yeah. How you going, mate? And follow Pinky well. McKay. Follow Pinky McKay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hello, folks. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of our podcast. Uh, Before I go, could I please ask uh, just a couple of small favours? Number one, uh, we would very much, as we said at the start, love for you to review this podcast. And, of course, please share this podcast. Um, The reviews help us to uh, help other people to see what this podcast is about. And, of course, the sharing helps us to get our message out there. We don't have any money, so we're really relying on uh, social media to be able to spread this message. Uh, equally, if you listen to this podcast, now we do a warning at the start, but if you listen to this podcast and anything uh, triggered for you or it made you think about your own mental health or well-being or someone who you loves mental health or well-being, please uh, take steps to help to either manage that yourself or to support someone to manage their mental health. Uh, if you do feel like you are need to talk to somebody, Uh, and you can't talk to friends or family, please go and see your GP. Or, of course, you can call Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Men's Line Australia on 1300 789978. Lifeline on 13 11 14. Or, of course, the Kids Helpline on 1800 55 1800. If you or someone that you love is in immediate danger, please call triple O. Uh, but at the very least, please um, find a way to manage your mental health and your mental health conditions. And please support the people that you love to manage their mental health and mental health conditions. And again, if something you've heard today triggers for you, please go and seek um, some support uh, immediately to manage your mental health condition, whether that's one of the helplines we just mentioned or the GP. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.